and boom goes the dynamite. Oh boy, what a week. What a week. Welcome back. It is the SoCo Sports Show. This is the voice of Coco Rabbit, uh, <laughs> which may be confusing to some, but go listen to the main show uh, if you don't know why I'm calling myself that. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. What it? <laughs> and, man, dude, this was a wacky-ass weekend in the world of the NFL, so we're stoked to talk about it. Uh, week 9, we're going to recap. Week 10, we're going to preview. Uh, we're going to talk bets, uh, and we got some uh, mid-season stuff we're going to talk about at the end of the show. So we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. Uh, but before we get in, into any of that, uh, let's do some housekeeping before we fire it up. Got to mention our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box for 30 days and your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Free! And of course, Mike's Wood. You can find Mike on etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed if you want to get your woodworked. Mm. Mm. Mm, indeed. Uh, one more sponsor here. We got to kick it over to previously recorded Coco Rabbit for, uh, for the final one. Here you go. All right. Thanks, previously recorded Coco Rabbit. Uh, let's, uh, so speaking of Anchor, uh, I want to give a shout out, of course, to uh, Mike from Mike's Wood and also at Jared Buckendall for being contributors to the show. Uh, if you want to be a contributor to the show, go to our anchor page and you'll see how you can contribute monthly um, at different intervals. So certainly appreciate that, uh, as well as all your listens, which also go a long way toward helping the show out. So thanks for uh, thanks for listening and thanks for sharing this episode uh, with your buddies. But enough of all that. We got all that out of the way. I think I covered everything I have to cover. Uh, and now it's time to talk some fucking football. So let's get into this. I'm so stoked to recap these games. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? Oh, man. Uh, Thursday night football started off with a actually surprisingly really good game. Uh, <laughs> it was Arizona hosting the San Francisco 49ers. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil the uh, pick em this week and just tell you at the front end, I won. Uh, obviously because I'm the fucking king. So I'm going to go ahead and give myself. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! I, uh, I, was, I got half of the game, so I was 7 out of 14. I was going to say, <laughs> don't be too proud of that win because it, <laughs> it was, was you getting week. It was you getting seven and the rest of us getting five. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough week. It was a tough week, but uh, sometimes you just have to be uh, the thinnest kid at fat camp, you know? So... Uh, I was good this week, but uh, none of us got this first game correctly. It was San Francisco. They won the game, but they did not cover the nine and a half point spread. It was a 28 to 25 final and a real game effort by the Arizona Cardinals here um, in this one. Kyler Murray goes for 240 yards and two scores. Kenyon Drake in his first game, he was like three days into being a Cardinal <laughs> and he goes 110 yards on the ground plus another 52 in the air and he scored a touchdown. So a good debut for him. And uh, we saw a lot out of this Cardinals offense, uh, specifically Murray, uh, you know, making some things happen with his legs and kind of opening up that 49ers defense, which has been so good to this point in the season. Um, but the Niners, you know, on a, on a day when their defense wasn't perfect and uh, they didn't run nearly as well uh, as they have been, they had just a, right at 100 yards on the ground in this game uh, when they're averaging over 200. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was the difference maker here. 317 yards, four touchdowns. And I watched almost all this game. 
Garoppolo was on fucking fire in this game. He was making some some crazy good throws uh, that you would expect to see out of like Drew Brees or Mahomes or you know whoever. Um, this guy was on point on this night, and he was the difference maker in this one. This is a game that they could have lost. Short week, uh, going to Arizona, uh, you know, division foe. So uh, Garoppolo really kind of pulled him out of this, but. Uh, Seth, a win for the Niners uh, over you know a team that they're definitely better than. Does the does the differential here of only three points concern you at all? Or you know we talk in the past about you know sometimes you just got to get out with the win, and they definitely accomplished that. Yeah, I think that it, this was an important one for them to to pull out, um, and I think it kind of shows. I think a lot of good teams go through this at points in seasons where they you know, it's not necessarily lose to a, a, a worse team than them or a significantly worse team than them, but then, but it's close and it's important for those teams, the good teams to win those games. It's when they, you know, you see some of those teams who start up hot and then they, they take one of these losses, you start to see some things unravel. So they, they kept it close. Uh, they kept it close the entire game, but were able to, to pull out the victory. So I think this is probably good for their character more than anything else. I mean, is there maybe a little bit of a, a hint of concern there, especially after, you know, how they handled an actual good team and the Panthers uh, last week? Yeah, maybe, but uh, I, I think for for the meantime, it's still you know they're they're the last undefeated team and and they're still looking good overall. So uh, th- I think this this uh, upcoming Monday night game will be a real test for them. Cannot wait for that Monday night game. Uh, the passing game here is something we haven't seen a ton of uh, from Garoppolo, but he showed up and uh, have to mention Emmanuel Sanders in his second game for the Niners. Seven ca- catches, 112 yards and a score. They also got 79 and a score out of George Kittle. This team looks like. I, for my money, Seth, the most complete team in football, especially when Garoppolo plays well. A lot of the power rankings this week have moved the Niners up to number one. Are you in that camp, or is there a team you think is better in this league? I still think that even though they took the loss, I think the Patriots are still a better team. Um, you know, they, they've, they've faced a little more tougher competition, and they're just more proven. So, uh, you know, I, I think if you put the Patriots up against the, the Niners right now, I don't think it would be that all that close. But... Uh, yeah, I you know the 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 Niners are looking good, and uh, like you said, they're they're getting rapport with uh, Sanders and and Garoppolo. Kittle's a little banged up right now, so we don't know how long he's going to be out for. But uh, otherwise, it's you know they're still looking good. Yeah, I really liked what I saw on Thursday night, and and even on the other side for Arizona, uh, you know this is a team that's got some ground to cover before it's a real contender. But Kyler Murray, I don't know if you've gotten to watch him much, Seth, but he looks like a special player. Um, you know he moves around really well, and he throws fucking darts. Um, and he's doing it without a lot of talent uh, on this offense. Have you? I don't know. Have you gotten much exposure to Murray? And have you liked what you've seen? Because I, I'm, I'm really encouraged by what I saw, even in a loss here. Yeah, I've, I've watched uh, highlights of him and everything like that. But uh, yeah, he look, he looks good. Um, he, he's definitely uh, talked about it all season. He's, he's a, he's a bright spot for this team, and um, they just need to get some pieces around him if they want to succeed. But he's, he's able to do a lot on his own uh, without a whole lot of talent on that team. So. Uh, you know, the future is bright, but they need need some help around him. Yep, I agree. Let's go to another quarterback who uh, kind of a similar style to Murray, Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's on the Houston Texans who went to London and beat up on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Final score was 26 to three. Uh, I watched this whole game because it was on crazy early in the morning here uh, being a London game. And Deshaun Watson goes 22 of 28, 201 yards, two touchdowns and added 37 yards on the ground. And and he was he Deshaun Watson, another one of those guys. If you sit down and watch a full game of Deshaun Watson, you, you're convinced uh, this guy's a really special player. 
Um, but here, you know, 200, 201 yards, pretty paltry, uh, but they got 160 yards at a Carlos Hyde, if you remember that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a really great game on the ground here. Um, in uh, and you know, an otherwise kind of lax game from the offense as a whole. They didn't put up the numbers that you'd, you'd expect, uh, but they didn't need to because on the Jaguar side of things, they could not get anything going. Um, only 74 yards on the ground, and uh, Gardner Minshew, playing from behind, had to throw a lot in this game. He goes 27 of 47 for 300 yards and two picks, um, which were uh, – he had done well to take care of the ball this season, but had a couple ugly turnovers late in this one when they, they were trying to kind of play some catch-up. But uh, Texans, I think, are a team that is finding a stride and I think is very dangerous. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts on them. But but for Jacksonville, uh, the big news this week, Minshew uh, has served his purpose. Nick Foles is healthy again and will be starting uh, in Week 11. So the Minshew magic uh, apparently has, has run out for this season. Um, and they're going back to Foles. But uh, certainly a, a fun fun time, you know, a handful of games there with Minshew. But you know, this Jaguars team is what it is, but I think this Texans team, Seth, is a real threat, especially because uh, they just moved up into a tie for first place in that AFC South. Yeah, I think that's this is a, a division we've talked about quite a bit on the, on the show uh, so far, uh, the battle between the Texans and the Colts. Um, you know, I think Jaguars losing this game is is, is kind of a almost like a, a nail in a coffin uh, for them in a way. I mean, they, they've shown a lot of uh, promise this season at times, but this is one of these games with the Jaguars where they're, they're coming off a game where they looked really good. Uh, offensively, they were scoring, uh, played a good game defensively in the prior game, and then, um, you know, coming out of this one, they've done this. They've had a couple of games this season where they've looked really good, and then the next game they look terrible. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think Foles is really going to help him all that much, to, to, complete, to be completely honest. I, again, I'm not a huge believer in Foles. But w- in terms of the Texans, yes, I think that uh, they are definitely a very dangerous team. I still don't like that they that they lost Watt, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that if they're playing more competent teams on offense, um, it's going to be a little bit more uh, of a challenge um, to... Uh, for that defense overall, and I think that it, it's really going to lean on Watson as the season goes on. I think um, that that offense is going to have to play uh, to the to their absolute best if they want to uh, make it far in in the playoffs. Um, especially now, you know, we have uh, obviously the Patriots still great, but um, the the Ravens are really coming on strong recently as well. And uh, the you know I know the Colts just lost Brissett, so they might have an easier path to a uh, to the playoffs potentially uh, if they can get a couple games up on the Colts, but. Um, you know, it, it's a tougher road uh, once you get to the playoffs. So uh, it'll be on Watson's shoulders. But like you said, he's looked great. He's looked amazing. And, uh, you know, he, he's a tough quarterback to beat when he's out there making plays. Uh, here's a question for you, Seth. That's going to sound stupid, but I think it's closer than you think one way or the other. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. Just strictly take everyone else off the field. Which guy do you want? I would still go with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, at this point, uh, I know that Watson can make a lot of plays, especially on his feet. But the arm talent that Mahomes has, uh, from just comparing those two, I think I, I don't think there's much of a comparison there with the arm talent. Um, the the way the some of the throws that Mahomes makes is unreal, and a, a fully healthy Mahomes. And we've seen really about the same amount of football between those two guys, because mm-hmm. uh, Watson Watson was hurt for uh, what for half of his rookie season, um, I think that's and right, then yeah. and then. then came in late uh later on last year um so yeah I, I think that i for me just seeing seeing the way mahomes plays football um and and his arm i think he's a better thrower than watson mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think I think I probably take Mahomes, but but not by a huge gap. And I think we're going to see a lot of um, a lot of faceoffs between those guys in the next handful of years. Uh, I think they're kind of the cream of the crop. That's next kind of next generation of quarterbacks. Uh, but we're going to talk about a lot more good quarterbacks um, as we go on here. Uh, none of them are going to be in this next game: uh, Buffalo and <laughs> the Redskins. Um, and uh, I, I say that in jest about uh, Josh Allen, but uh, he had a pretty decent game here. Uh, in a win, 24 to nine, Bills beat the Redskins. Allen was, uh, you know, he did a little bit. He was 14 for 20, 160 yards and a touchdown, um, and then he had 12 yards and a score on the ground too. This, I think, I, I don't, the, I don't, I don't learn much from this game. Uh, the Bills get back on the winning track after after the loss, and um, you know, minimal offense. There wasn't much going on here. I will say Devin Singletary uh, was a standout here. He had 95 yards and a score. He's a rookie that they're really excited about. And uh, he's been getting more and more action. Um, sort of looks like he's getting ready to jump Frank Gore on this depth chart. Um, but the the defense for the Bills showed back up. Uh, Redskins didn't. They couldn't do much. Dwayne Haskins in his first start uh, had 144 yards. Didn't turn it over, but uh, no scores either. So it was just pretty slim. Adrian Peterson though goes for 100 yards in this one, which you love to see. That guy's running running well. He looks like a younger version of himself these past couple weeks. So that's been fun to see. But um, yeah, Bills get back on the winning track. Redskins are still terrible. I, I don't know that I gleaned much from this game. Did you see anything else? Yeah, there, there's really not much uh, to really talk about here. I think that. Um... The Redskins are, you know, what they are, um, and the Bills are still kind of a, you know, it really remains to seen, remains to be seen how good they really are. Um, you know, this this is an easy win for them to have, um, but we really just don't know because against the the better teams and even some not as good teams, they haven't performed well. Uh, they've been kind of up and down. So, you know, I I I don't know about the Bills. Uh, I guess we'll we'll have to see them play, especially some more of the important division games that they they have coming up. I think that uh, that that'll be more more close to to what we're going to get out of the, out of the Bills. But this one's just kind of a wash, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. Let's go to Philadelphia here, where uh, the Eagles beat the Chicago Bears by a score of twenty two to fourteen. And this is an Eagles team that seems to be hitting a little bit of a stride. Uh, Wentz played well here. He had two hundred thirty nine yards and a score. And they added about 150 yards on the ground uh, between four rushers. Uh, Zach Ertz was the lead receiver. He had nine catches for 100 yards and a score here. Uh, this Bears this Bears team, the story is the same every week, Seth. This defense played well enough. You're going to win a lot of games if you only give up 22 points. Um, but they only scored 14. Mitch Trubisky was 10 for 21 for 125 yards in this game. <laughs> and they had about 60 yards of rushing. Uh, David Montgomery led the way with 40 and two scores. This, it's the same story every week, Seth. The defense is very good. This offense is terrible. And it all comes back to Trubisky. We talked about it last week or a couple weeks back when um, the trade deadline came and went and they didn't move for a quarterback. Uh, I have a new sounder this week and I want the <laughs> Bears, I want the Bears to be the first team I use it on. Loser, loser. That's for them. <laughs> the Bears are losers, and losers lose. That's what I say. But this Eagles team, I'm feeling a lot better about this Eagles team than I were two weeks ago. Th- yes, the Chicago Bears offense is terrible, but they did put up 22 against a really good defense here. And I think that the Eagles have, at 5-4, and four, a chance in the second half to really get into the mix. Uh, still not a believer in the Eagles. Um, the, the Bears are terrible, though. <laughs> um, 
But, uh, you, you know, I, do they have a chance? Absolutely, because, you know, I, the, the Cowboys did play well on, on Monday night. But, um, you know, they've been a team that we've seen this year be very uh, streaky as well. So they've been kind of up and down. So I think that division uh, is, is still pretty open. I You know, in terms if they were – that's the only way I think they get into the playoffs, though, is through the division. I think the, we, we talked about just before we started recording that the wild card competition for the NFC is going to be very tough this year. Mm-hmm. And – and I think the Eagles could maybe lose one or two more games, and I, I think they're going to lose more than that. Um, so if they're going to get in the playoffs, I think it's going to be through the division, which is crazy to think that the the East would have potentially the worst record uh, for all the uh, divisions coming out of the NFC this year uh, mm-hmm. with all the promise they had coming into it. So, um, yeah, I not still not much a believer in the Eagles. They've, they played better, but um, they still don't have a good deal. I mean, you look at the, the terrible, terrible – Bears had a deep touchdown or had a deep play that led to a touchdown um, towards the end of the game. And that's the only reason Trubisky's numbers look as good as they are. He had like a 45 or 50 yard uh, throw to Gabriel. Um, so he kind of got lucky towards the end and and they were keeping it kind of close. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I still don't think that the Eagles are going to be a contender in any way, shape or form. And, and the Bears are just, they're just bad, they, especially Trubisky. I mean, they're, they're just straight up bad. <laughs> yeah, they're certainly looking that way. Uh, let's go to Carolina. The Panthers got back on the winning track. Uh, they beat the Tennessee Titans 30-20 to in Carolina. And Kyle Allen, who now, we just heard this week, is going to be the starter for the rest of the season. Cam Newton went on IR and will miss the rest of the year. So this is Kyle Allen's team. And uh, he leads them to a victory on 230 yards passing, two scores, and a pick. Christian McCaffrey got his, like Christian McCaffrey tends to do, 146 and two scores on the ground. Um and added 20 yards and another touchdown uh, receiving. So this offense seems to run mostly through McCaffrey, uh, but Allen has played well and has taken care of the ball for the most part. This defense played really well in this game. Um, it wasn't really in – they went into the half scoreless. So it was a lot of sort of um, prevent defense, you know, trying to protect the lead uh, in the second half. So the 20 points maybe. Uh, not as meaningful as, as it may seem at first blush, but Tannehill was fine in this game. He did go for 300 yards and a score, but he also had two picks, uh, which were very uh, untimely near the end of the game. And uh, they got about 120 yards rushing out of the team as well. So this Titans team, uh, I've I've really been pulling for them all season, and I've picked them a bunch of times. But <laughs> I think we're I think we're I think we've seen maybe their best stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they'll sneak up on a couple of teams, but I don't put them really in contention, even though they're only uh, two games back in that AFC South. But the Panthers, you got to love to see, especially if you're a Panthers fan, them getting back on the winning track. They're 5-3, and three, very much still in the mix, that wild card conversation that we were talking about. I think the Panthers are going to be right in there uh, and being a part of it. Yep, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I mean, they had a rough week against the Niners, but um, you know that that some of that sometimes that happens, especially when you get controlled uh, in you know on the front like that, where where the Niners are just running all over them. So to see them get back on on uh, the right track this week and and kind of course correct a little bit, Kyle Allen, like you said, looked good. Defense played well. Uh, McCaffrey does what McCaffrey does. So all great to see on that front. I I really like them. I, I really do. I think that they just have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Kyle Allen's played very well and and has not been other you know other than a couple picks uh, last week. You know he he hasn't turned over the ball a, a ton. So 
Uh, good to see them playing well. Um, yeah, with the Titans, like he said, I, I think you hit it perfectly. Um, I think we've probably seen their best stuff. They have, I mean, they do have a, a pretty good defense and a really great running game. Derrick Henry had a really great game, um, and he's getting involved in the pass game too. So it's good to see that for the Titans. But you know, uh, and and I I did see uh, the highlights in this one, and that and Tannehill, you know, some of those picks that he had weren't his fault. There, one of them bounced right off the the receiver's hand. Um, and the other one bounced kind of like off his helmet, I think. So that one was kind of off target, but still, you know, it bounced in the air and was an easy pick. So neither, none of them were like bad throws or anything like that necessarily, just kind of bad luck. But they came at bad times, and, and there's a couple fumbles in the game too. So a lot of bad turnovers for the Titans in this one. But um, overall, yeah, I mean, I think they're, like you said, they're a team that could win a few here and there uh, against some better teams. But overall, you know, I think we've we've seen um, seen the best that we're probably going to see out of the Titans at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We go now to Pittsburgh. The Steelers uh, beat the Indianapolis Colts in this game, and uh, the final was 26-24. to This was a surprise to me. I, I made a couple of bets, actually, on this Colts team. Um, but the biggest thing that happened here, Jacoby Brissett goes out with a knee injury in the first quarter and is replaced by Brian Hoyer, who, uh, who played well in this game. 17 for 26, 168 yards, three scores, and he turned it over once. But the Steelers were able to take advantage of the backup and uh, and get the win here. Nason Rudolph continues to only throw it to running backs. Um, the the uh, <laughs> top catcher was the running back. 13 receptions by the running back Jalen Samuels in this one. Uh, but it was enough to get the win in this game. Um, I for me, Seth. Look, the the Indianapolis falls to five and three. They're still at the top of that division with their win over the Texans a couple weeks back. Um, Pittsburgh is at four and four. I, I don't have any illusions that Pittsburgh is a good team. I, I really don't think that they are. They're playing really well on defense lately, um, but this offense behind um, behind um, Rudolph, I think, has a very low ceiling. So is, I guess, how much should we be reading into this game? You know, you talk about the backup coming in. It doesn't sound like it's a long-term injury for Brissett. He may be back this weekend. But this is an ugly loss to a team that they had to have felt like they were going to beat coming into this week. Uh, so they're still at the top, but this is a loss they they thought they you know should have been on the other side of. Um, I don't know. Should we take a lot away from this game? What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's tough because, like you said, Brissett went out and, and uh, you know, we Hoyer's been, I mean, Hoyer's, Hoyer's a, a former starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually, both of them were backups with the Patriots. Uh, so it's, that's kind of funny that they're both back, that they're both with the Colts now. But um you know, it, it, it Hoyer played well, but I think we we still probably would have got a, di- a different result. I believe, at least if if Brissett was in there playing, um, and that was close. The game was back and forth until the end too. But uh, w- with the with the Steelers, I think the thing that's that I'm impressed with with them is that they've kind of found a way to adjust their offense. They 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 haven't you know, gone out there like a lot of teams do. They, they go out there and just try and do the same thing they did with their other quarterback. And obviously that's not going to work uh, with the quarterbacks they have. So they've, they've kind of just switched up their offense. They've, they've played, you know, more short yardage and uh, running game, uh, lean more on the running game. So uh, I, plus their defense, I mean, their, their defense is really good, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have, have TJ Watt, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick has been awesome. They got a couple, a couple other pieces on, uh, uh, in their secondary as, as well as the, their linebacking course. So I like them. I, I really do. Um, as, as you know, not 
probably, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe could they sneak into the wildcard position? I don't know. Potentially they could, especially in the division they're in. Um, you know, they, they can, they can definitely get some, some cheap wins out of the Bengals and the Browns, I think. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think they're a bad team at this point. I think they've just found a way to, to, to find ways to win. And, uh, they still have some talent on, on areas of that, that team. So, uh, can we take a little bit away? I think so. Uh, I think that we can, I, I think I personally am seeing more out of the Steelers than, than what I've, what I've thought in the past. So, um, good for them, but, uh, yeah, the, hopefully the Colts can get healthy and, and, uh, continue the, the run they've been on. Cause it has been impressive for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the Colts going forward. I hope, uh, hope Brissett is playing is get, gets back in there. And this is a contender. If he's in there, the Steelers, it just makes me think, man, this could have been a nice season for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Roethlisberger was healthy, um, you know, it makes you wonder what if, but, uh, but, uh, they're, you know, they're finding a way to win a couple games and that's admirable for sure. Um, we go, I hate to do it to you, Seth, but we got to go to Kansas City <laughs> where uh, the Chiefs beat the Vikings with a last second field goal. 26 to 23 was the final here. I got to be honest with you, I did not watch this game because I knew you were going to. Um, <laughs> but uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, 220 yards, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook had 71 yards on the ground. Um, but no Adam Thielen in this game. He was active but didn't record a catch. Stephon Diggs, mm-hmm. only one catch for four yards. Uh, the weapons weren't highly involved here. And for the Chiefs, Matt Moore, 275 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and Damian Williams had 125 yards and a score on the ground. Most of that was on like an 85-yard touchdown, but <laughs> yeah. uh, he was their lead guy. Tyreek Hill is back. He is healthy. And he had 140 yards and a touchdown here. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, this Chiefs team is now 2-0 uh, since losing Mahomes. Well, 1.5-0. and because uh, he went out in the middle of that, and it sounds like they they're expecting to have him back this weekend. So uh, this is a Chiefs team at six and three that looks like it's ready to convincingly win their division. Uh, the Vikings also fall to six and three. Luckily, they had a Packers loss, so they don't lose ground here. What did you see in this game? Um, and it, it looked like a very good game all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what did you see? Are you are you freaking out uh, over this loss for the Vikings? <laughs> no, definitely not freaking out about it. Um... It was a good, it was, I mean, just in terms of a game, it was actually a lot of fun to watch. Um, it, you know, in terms of, you know, looking at it on, on both sides, uh, yeah, I, I think with, with the Chiefs, they, they're just a very talented team. Uh, they're, they're coached super well. And, you know, obviously having Patrick Mahomes uh, as your quarterback uh, is kind of a cheat code, but having, you know, someone in there like Matt Moore, who's a, a proven veteran who can, you know, lead an offense and, and make all the throws that he, you know, that, that are, I guess that they write plays up for him, uh, that are, that are more suited for him. He's obviously not playing Patrick Mahomes football right now, but, um, he's still playing, he's still playing a, a very sharp game right now. And, and, uh, you know, I think that you know, even if they didn't have him this week, I think they'd be okay. I think, I think they play the Titans. So I uh, know they, they do look very good no matter what. And, uh, they, they're playing well with the Vikings. They looked good too. I mean, I they they were playing back and forth with, with the Chiefs, and uh, it was uh, it was encouraging to see at least on the offensive side of the ball uh, how they were moving it and uh, able to to keep keep up with them. Um, that's I, same thing happened with with the the Packers the previous week. So the Packers and the Chiefs, you know, it's kind of back and forth. So we obviously saw that the Chiefs, you know, have 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 a plan on offense and were able to execute it well. So um, you know, it's good to see them keep up with it. I. Tough loss in the end, but it is what it is. Um, 
I, I, I think the Vikings are still, you know, probably in the same, you know, a top 10-ish team right now in the NFL that, that we thought they were, you know, a week ago. So, yeah, um, they got a tough schedule coming up. But uh, this was, honestly, if, if this was a Vikings team from a year ago, uh, they would have they would have been down, you know, seven nothing right away, and then Chiefs would have never looked back, and it would have been, you know, twenty eight to seven game or something like that. So they ke- they kept up with them and and didn't really lose a lot of steam that they've built up on the offense uh, over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think both these teams are going to be playing January games, uh, or at least will be playing some meaningful games at the end of December. Um, but uh, this Vikings team is showing it. it's it's relatively well rounded. Uh, I, I don't know that they're the best in anything, but they're pretty good at everything. And uh, that's a team that's dangerous going into the second half of the season. I don't think we have a lot to worry about with either of these next two teams. Uh, It is the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. And the Dolphins got their first one of the season here. They go to (laughs) 1-7. 26-18 was the final. This may be the one case where the Dolphins are going to kick themselves later for winning this game. (laughs) Because they may have just just played themselves out of the number one pick. But... um, Got to feel good to get the win. Ryan Fitzpatrick had 288 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, that was almost the entirety of the Dolphins' offense. This Jets team is just god awful. I'm going to go ahead and add them to the to this list as well. Loser, loser. And I I haven't even put the Dolphins in that yet. Like I, the Dolphins knew what they were coming into the season. This Jets team <laughs> had promise, has talent, has coaches you thought were going to be good. But they're they're exhibiting loser behavior constantly, and so that's why they get the loser sounder, and Miami doesn't. Um, just I mean, these Jets stink, um, and the Dolphins aren't much better. But uh, good to see good to see a team get its first one. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this game really doesn't matter, other than that it lost me money. So, um, <laughs> so whatever. But uh, you know. The both teams are bad. I mean, I, I think we talked a few weeks ago that the Jets had a really easy schedule coming up, but um, turns out that it wasn't easy for them. So uh, mm-hmm. they they're 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 worse than I think we than we even thought, and they're they're a lot further off than than they possibly uh, th- think they are. Um, I think they I think by next off season, this upcoming off season, they're going to already be regretting some of those signings like C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell because those are signings you make when you're close. Um, because they're they're such good pieces. Um, those the the rest of that team is is pretty bad. And actually, if you look at their offense, they have some pieces. Uh, the Jets do. I mean, yeah. Jameson Crowder has played super well. Robbie Anderson's uh, you know when he's playing well, he's a stud. Uh, Chris Herndon's a good young tight end, and and Bell. But their their their, their offensive line is bad. Uh, Darnold hasn't looked good, and the defense overall for the Jets is just garbage. Um, so. I, I think that I mean they were trying to trade off um, their uh, the their their safety who is one of the, regarded as one of the best safeties in the NFL and they're trying to trade off Bell before the before the trade deadline. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Bell isn't even with the Jets uh, after this off once this offseason uh, starts. I, I could see him being traded or or uh, you know him causing a stink again just because I know he's not a fan of being on losing teams. So mm-hmm. um, with the Dolphins, I don't know if they'll even regret. Um, getting the like not getting the first pick um i i know Tua is the projected first pick and i don't i don't know if the jets or the dolphins want to have you know pick a quarterback right now because i think it's kind of one of the weaker classes so 
Uh, maybe they want to wait, maybe get some linemen or something like that and, and beef up elsewhere because they actually do have some pieces that I kind of like have like seeing. I mean, Fitzpatrick does look good. Um, Mark Walton, even though he's suspended, he's, he's looked good. Preston Williams, even though he's out for the year, has looked good now. <laughs> but um, they have some pieces there, and, and they're, they're, they're stocking up picks uh, with that Fitzpatrick trade. So, um, you know, at least they're starting to move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have way more hope for Miami than I do for the Jets. Um that yeah, they made. Uh, we spent too much time on the Jets, but they look bad. I think their coach is one that might be a one and done coach because this team has enough talent that a good coach could come in and win games. And Adam Gase has proven to not be that guy. So we'll see what they do next year. But they're gonna be a they're gonna be a doormat for the rest of this year. Um, let's go to a couple of uh, a couple of what I'm gonna start referring to as Coe's teams. These are teams that that aren't maybe at the top of the list, but I just fucking love them. And uh, these are the Oakland Raiders and the Detroit Lions. These are co-teams. Um, the Raiders win this game 31-24, to and I was so happy to see that because I, uh, I bet on this game, and I just love the Raiders, and I watched most of this game. Uh, Derek Carr was 289 yards, two scores. Josh Jacobs is uh, – I've seen a lot of articles this week, Seth, that he's probably your offensive rookie of the year, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense. He goes 120 yards, two touchdowns in this one. And, uh, you know, that was that was a huge spark in this offense because he had some big runs when they needed him. Uh, on the Lions side of things, they did well offensively. Stafford had 400 yards and three scores in this. Uh, he did have the one pick, and he had huge games out of uh, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. So, again, both of these teams, I think, are very similar. They have they have weapons on offense. They're going to put up points, but they can't really defend. So you're counting on, you're counting on them scoring a lot of points uh, to win games. And damn it, Seth, I continue to love this Raiders team. If not for if not for this year, then for next year, watch out for the fucking Raiders. I'm telling you, um, they they win this one. They're four and four again. I don't think a threat this season, but I love watching them every week. I'm going to put the Raiders on for a little bit because you know you're going to get an entertaining football game, and that's that's what they are. Uh, Lions, same story. They're too far behind, I think, to make a real run at the at the the playoffs, but. Um, but they've been making for entertaining football. Stafford is putting up crazy numbers. They've been in most of their games. Um, so from an entertainment value, this was one of my favorite games of the weekend, uh, even though it doesn't doesn't have a lot of ramifications per se. Yeah, I didn't catch much of this one, but I, I did uh, did bet on this one. I bet the over, my one win of the week. So I was happy about that. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, uh, it's, it, it's good to see that the Raiders are um, moving in a positive direction. Like I said, I don't think it's going to, really matter for this year you know maybe they could sneak into a wild card spot potentially but um you know i still think they're they're a little ways off um they just they they do even though they're scoring a lot of points right now um against some of the more because the lions defense is is has been bad um mm-hmm. and so you know they not surprising that the raiders put up 31 but against some of the more tougher defenses they haven't really shown up um especially in the passing game uh, Jacobs, like you said, has been great, but uh, they're they're really lacking some weapons. Uh, we, you know, this week Josh Gordon got signed by the Seahawks. I really think he would have been an amazing fit in Oakland. Uh, mm-hmm. That would have been real really good for for him and for Derek Carr. But hopefully this off season, you know, if they they continue to play well and uh, are on the rise, uh, I I think that they can attract uh, a, a a big time wide receiver. I don't know who's going to be a free agent this year at all. But I think that they could attract someone or maybe trade for someone in the offseason or maybe even draft someone. I don't know. But um, if they can get more talent in that receiving core, uh, some good, some better targets for Derek Carr, 
uh, that's not Hunter Renfro, mm-hmm. um, then then I you know I think that they can definitely um, be a be a big time threat uh, for for that division um, going forward uh, with the, with the Lions. Yeah, I mean they they've played almost every team pretty tough this season, and it, they're they're just a few pieces off too. I just don't know how much time they have left with Stafford at this point. Mm-hmm. He's 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 playing very well. Uh, but you know, as we've seen with a lot of quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks like him who take a ton of hits, he's he's been hit a lot in his career, and he's been pretty tough throughout of him. But there's a wall, at, and at certain points, um, those guys who get beat up like that, they they hit those walls quick. So hopefully, uh, Stafford can keep playing uh, because the Lions, even though they're they're a division rival, um, they're they're a team that I, that I'm always kind of like feeling bad for because they've always been the the end of the end of the line in our division for the most part. So. Um, you know, it, it would be nice for, you know, someone who's been as talented as Stafford to, to make a little bit of a run uh, in the last few years of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Oak, I, I'm going to I'm going to spit a, a speculation out at you. Um, the Raiders have quite a few draft picks and Cincinnati is not a good team. I would love for Oakland to call up Cincinnati and try to make a trade for A.J. Green over the over the next season. Um, I think he could be the guy that you're talking about. That's really going to open mm. up this offense. He's going to be, I think he just turned 31 or 32. He, he's a guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries the last few years. I don't I don't like A.J. Green. I don't think he's going to be, uh, he, he's had a really tough time coming back from this latest injury. I don't think he's going to be much of a factor. I'm looking for someone who can be a, you know, a, a franchise guy. I, I don't, again, I don't know who's available, um, but I'm looking for someone who's, you know, it already, you know, in, in kind of the prime of their career um, and someone who, can really be a difference maker. I, I just don't see AJ Green being a difference maker at this stage, this age, and and how banged up he's been the last few years. Mm. I got one more name for you, and I heard this on a rather speculative radio show uh, that was saying that what the Browns should do is trade OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going to shop him, I'm picking up the phone if I'm Oakland. But I don't yeah. know if he's the kind of guy that's really going to help that locker room. We just saw what happened with uh, Antonio Brown there. <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't think. I don't think uh, Beckham has been a trouble in the Browns' locker room at all, and, and especially how ter- tumultuous they've been this season. You haven't really heard much about him causing any stink or anything. Um, I, I, I would love him in in Oakland. I think that would be an amazing, amazing fit. Uh, Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than than Baker Mayfield, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think that'd be a cool matchup. Yeah, he's. Uh, we'll talk more about Beckham in a second, but. Uh... He would certainly love living in Vegas. The guy likes being popular, and uh, I agree with you. Derek Carr, I've heard comparisons to Tony Romo that I love. Uh, Derek Carr is a really good and really underrated quarterback in this league, and Mm -hmm. I think he's got some really good days ahead of him because this team is getting good. Um, Let's take a look at another one of of Coe's teams. I should make a sounder for this. The Tampa Bay Bucks are a Coe's team. They're not winning a ton, but God damn it, they're fun to watch, dude. I don't know if you've sat down and watched a Tampa game, but that shit is fun. Uh, they went in and played maybe the best game of the weekend against Seattle, uh, but they did lose. Seattle wins this one in overtime, 40-34. to 34. Um, R- Russell Wilson did Russell Wilson stuff, 378 yards and five scores in this one. Uh, Chris Carson, a guy I know you like, had 100 yards on the ground. Uh, here's two guys that I bet you didn't think were stud receivers, Tyler Lockett and T- DK Metcalf. Both of those guys had over 120 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyler Lockett had two touchdowns, actually. But um, it, Wilson continues to do Wilson things. He's thrown it to these guys that, um, you know, there's a lot of teams they wouldn't play on. But um, 
on the Bucks side of things, Jameis Winston, 335 yards, two scores. He's got 300 yards in three straight games. Um, Ronald Jones has come on as sort of the top running back. He had 67 yards and a score. And Mike Evans, who is one of my fantasy guys, had a monster fucking game, which I like to see. So, you know, Bucks are two and six. Again, not a threat, but they're a fun team to watch. Like, I put them on at least for a few minutes every weekend. But Seattle, um, you know, they get back to doing Seattle stuff. Um, you know, they had the uh, they kind of had the stinker a couple weeks ago against the Ravens, but they, they've won both games since. And uh, Wilson is back to putting up the MVP numbers we were talking about two, three weeks ago. Uh, I love the Seattle team. They're very much in the mix. They would be the one of the wild card teams if the season ended today. And uh, the, the schedule gets tough in the second half, but I think we'll be talking about these guys at the end of December. Um, you know, nothing, I think, changed from this game, but it was a blast to watch. Yeah, no, the, this is um, with... I mean, sure, the the Bucks uh, put up a lot of points, but they're they're still not a good team. <laughs> um, I didn't, and they do again have, uh, to emphasize: you don't have to be a good team to be one of Coach's teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I still, I mean, Jameis won't be their quarterback next year. I think they're gonna have a, a young guy in there. I think that they're, you know, they they still have some talent on the offense, but I I I think they're still a long ways off before they're they're any sort of threat at all but uh yeah sure they're fun to watch and you know with them it's like really weird because some weeks you get like you know a 30 point performance and then some weeks you get a six point performance so (laughs) they're just a really strange team uh with the Seahawks though you know I I think again like as we talked about all year they're they're as good as Russell Wilson is and Russell Wilson is is amazing right now and so you know, they they were down for for good portions of this game, and they, they Russell Wilson fought his way back and ended up you know taking control of it, and um, that that's that's exactly what is going to need to happen for them to to make a run here is is for Russell Wilson just to be great. He has to be great, and that that's all he can be. Otherwise, this team doesn't is just not going to have enough to to go as far as they want. But um, yeah, Russell Wilson can't say enough great things about him, and and. Uh, He's continuing to to roll. Indeed, I love seeing it. They're a division rival, but uh, I, I I love watching Russell uh, Russell Wilson play. Um, oh, and actually, real quick, you you mentioned Tyler Lockett. Um, he's actually like, if you look at his numbers, he's really damn good. He's um, had good num- he is, really good numbers this season. Yeah. Yeah, and even go, uh, going back to to last year, he was. I mean, he was he was a top receiver last year, uh, and he's. I think going back to last year, he is like has something like an 80% completion rate, which is like, it, it's the I think it's the highest by far uh, for receivers. Um, and it's not like he's like, you know, he's not putting up like seven for 185 and two touchdowns or anything like that. But like almost every week, he's like five for 75 and a touchdown consistently. Mm-hmm. He's probably the most consistent receiver in the NFL. Um, and and so it's, it's and he's a former first round pick too. I mean, DK Metcalf, Metcalf's a rookie for a first round pick and he's the highest uh, red zone target. Uh, in the NFL right now, by a lot because he's just so fucking huge. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that guy. Like that guy he, he's, is he is he's massive. He is on. He's like Madden create a player guy. He does not. He doesn't even look <laughs> yeah. like a wide receiver. He's like six four, like two forty yeah. or some shit. And uh, he just embarrassed. He's faster than everyone. It, he's unfair. He really is. And then they add in Josh Gordon this week. And that's uh, right. I forgot about that. And so that's that's huge. I mean, uh, Josh Gordon. Um, he's still, I mean, we, we've talked about, um, me and you have talked about off, off mic before, but, um, you know, Josh Gordon, 
you know, personally thinking when he was going to IR, I thought he was done. I thought these injuries were were worse than kind of what they talked about. But it sounds like even the Patriots made these injuries sound. It's kind of a weird situation the way he left New England. Uh, but the Patriots kind of made these injuries sound worse than they actually were. And, and Gordon was able to get cleared, and and doctors said he looked great. So um, he cleared his physical, and he's right. It sounds like he'll play this week on on Monday night against the Niners. So uh, it'd be great for him to come out and, and play super well. And and um, that. You know, you think about you know huge red zone target in Metcalf, a really consistent middle of the field player in in Lockett, who's going to catch almost every ball that comes his way, and then a huge deep threat in Josh Gordon. That's that's a pretty dangerous offense with Russell Wilson at the helm at the helm right now. There's probably not a better quarterback you can have right now than Russell Wilson. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch the Seahawks. Uh, unfortunately, the Vikings got to play them late in the season, probably mm-hmm. for a wild card spot. So. Uh, that's gonna suck, but <laughs> um, still, uh, still gonna be a fun team to watch. Yep, I'm seeing. Uh, I'll be seeing Wilson in action uh, December eighth in LA. Cannot fucking wait. Um, I'm almost as excited to see Wilson as I am to see the Rams, um, but not quite. <laughs> uh, let's go to our next game here, which was a f- just a fart of a game. Um, Denver beat the Browns by a score of 24 to 19. Uh, they weren't the first ones to get this, but I literally made this sounder for the Browns. They are, (laughs) this is a game they should have won. They're they're the more talented team in most areas on the field. This is a Broncos team that is overperforming, but let's not get any illusions that this is a good team. Um, the Browns had a chance here to get back on track and they were, not very good in this game at all. They got dominated up front, and really, this wasn't um, this game wasn't as close as it looked. Uh, this was kind of a backdoor by the by the Browns. They were down Hot. by uh, they were down by a score of what twenty four to twelve uh, late into the fourth quarter. So uh, you get handled by the three and six Broncos, um, and I think all this conversation about you being such a great talented team, they were going to make the playoffs. F- fucking forget it. This, this is a team of losers. I don't like it. <laughs> well, it's crazy because, I mean, just like we talked about with the Jets, um, they, the team is full of talent. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's no, no, doubt, no doubt about it. I mean, they have one of the best when, when he's when he's playing on a team that that apparently knows how to use him. He's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and Odo, Odo Beckham. Jarvis Landry has been one of the most consistent even to last year. Mm-hmm. He was still a very consistent wide receiver. Um, he's played on some terrible teams in the Dolphins and the in the in the uh, Browns, but man, oh man, you know, he's, he's a really good receiver. Um, and then Nick Chubb, even with all these losses, he's still played super well. I mean, he's, he's, he's a freak Uh, watching him play um, behind a not great offensive line. He just makes plays out of nowhere with some of his, his moves and he can run people over. He's fast. I mean, he's, he's an outstanding running back. They got Kareem Hunt coming back too. Um, So that I think this week is he's eligible. So, you know, we'll see if he plays. Um, but they have just talent everywhere on the defense, too. They have a lot of guys on the defense. And for whatever reason, coaching or maybe even Baker, you know, it might be Baker because he's shown flashes of how good he is. Um, but then most of the time he just hasn't been able to pull it all together. So, yeah, that's rough. I didn't catch any of the highlights of this game, so I don't know how. There the, weren't uh, any. Was it Bra- Bra- Brandon Allen? Was I didn't see. Uh, is he the the quarterback for the Broncos now yeah they kept him they kept him pretty reeled in uh he was 12 for 20 193 and two scores okay um, so not bad it's yeah not he, a bad he was fine at all. yeah he wasn't doing anything terribly risky uh, uh like like 75 of those yards though came on a, a Noah Fant touchdown that was <laughs> a, a crazy catch and run that was really cool um 
So yeah, for for his uh, first start, Brandon Allen played. You know, he played well, and they got the win. Yeah. I will That's say, this. I mean, so we were talking about the Browns and loser behavior, and we were talking about Beckham a second ago. Um, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry both came out to start the game in cleats that were illegal to wear, which is like <laughs> the fifth fucking time this season that Beckham has done this shit. And then they told yeah. them at halftime, they were like, change your cleats or you can't play. And so they both had to change their shoes. That kind of shit is what made, like, again, Miami is not a loser team. Uh, because they don't do shit like this. They're just bad. Um, Cleveland is a loser team because this is the kind of shit they do. And this is this is like, this is the kind of shit you have to deal with when it's Odell Beckham, I get it. But that kind of stuff, it's such dumb, I'm wearing a watch, I'm wearing a fucking earrings or a necklace or I'm wearing my shoes. Like, get the fuck over yourself and win a game and then try and stunt. That's what I say. <laughs> and fucking, well, uh... oh God, I'm not even done. The uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield shaved three times during the during like the day so he showed up to the stadium wearing a beard um started the game wearing a handlebar gardner miss mustache and then finished the game with just a regular like finished the press conferences with just a regular he shaved twice at the denver stadium which he obviously planned on doing but why the fuck are you doing that kind of thing when you're two and six i don't know i'm sick of this goddamn yeah. team yeah that's weird it's stupid these guys suck well at least no at least no one uh, is not able to pass their physical because they can't put a helmet on. So, <laughs> I guess. But fuck, watch next week. They're going to be doing that kind of shit because that's loser, loser. That's what you do. That's what you do. God, fuck. Now I want a Krabby Patty. That just make me mad. I would fuck up a Krabby Patty too. I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> uh, let's go to another game. Another one of Co's teams. Oh my god! How many fucking teams do you have? There's probably five or so. Five or so of Co's teams. And damn it, Seth, the, same, the L.A. Chargers are one of Coe's teams. Yeah, that's um, bad. They beat uh, they beat the Packers 26-11 to here. And the, the thing for the Chargers, um, Rivers was efficient here. 75% completions, 294 yards. Melvin Gordon had 80 yards, his best game of the season, and two touchdowns. Um, this Chargers offense found a little bit of rhythm here against a pretty good Packers defense, which has not played pretty good the last couple weeks. But yeah. um, Chargers fired their offensive coordinator last week, so we have a new coordinator come in. They got a little bit of a boost on offense. They're 4-5. and five. Again, not one of the teams I'm accusing of being a contender, but I do think this is a team that's going to surprise some folks in the second half because they've got talent on offense. Uh, their defense is, 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 I would say, good but not great. And so they're going to win a couple of games. Again, not a huge contender because they do exhibit loser behavior often. Um but I think the story here is the Packers. Their offense was dreadful. They started the fourth quarter with three points. Um, Aaron Rodgers had 160 yards and a touchdown, which those are fucking Brandon Allen from Denver numbers. Um, <laughs> they got nothing on the ground. Their defense was fine in this game. You know, you, you'll win some games. When you're the Packers and you give up 26 points, you expect to still win that game. Um, they were terrible. There's a lot has been said about, oh, they went out and partied the week, you know, in LA the weekend before, and maybe they weren't all there, or maybe they got cocky at seven and one and didn't take San Diego or LA seriously. Um, I don't know what it was, but are, are you raising any alarms for this Packers team, or is this just a case of, you know, you got caught with a knockout punch in the first ten seconds, they'll be back and tough again next week, or is there, there's something we should be concerned about here? I still think they'll be a tough team, obviously. I think they're they're still one of the top in the NFC. I think from what I saw, I did watch the highlights of this one, and uh, Rodgers is getting hit a lot. 
And uh, that, that was the good thing for the Chargers is that they were able to get a lot of pressure, whereas a lot of teams this year have not been able to get pressure on Rodgers. And uh, so in their offensive line, has played super well. So the fact that char- the Chargers were able to uh, create pressure on Rodgers and sack him, I think they sacked him at least three times in this game. So um, on some big plays. So that that was, I think, was the key is is Rodgers when he Rodgers gets so frustrated when he is getting hit. Um, he, he throws a big old hissy fit. And so when he's not able to escape and when he's getting sacked, uh, he get, he gets in his head and that's when you see Aaron Rodgers uh, really start to force things. And if he's not making mistakes, he's, he's, you know, just not, he's not, uh, you know, fitting it in the tight windows like he normally does when he's not relaxed. Rodgers isn't the best quarterback out there. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think that was really the, the main the main thing this week. But it's good, really more of a good thing to see for the Chargers, uh, for them really starting to, to step up on defense. And some of the plays Melvin Gordon was making, too, uh, was, was really impressive. So it was good to see him get going again, too. Um, you know, we'll see how far the Chargers can really go this season. But I think that in the scope of things, they'll, they'll probably, you know, continue kind of down the path that, that they've been, been going. And I think the Packers are going to, you know, still be a top team towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is concern, I, I think it's that this Packers team has shown a couple times that they can get beat up on this defense. Uh, mm-hmm. I still think it's a good defense, but they have they have mm-hmm. they've gotten run over by teams, and that's what the Chargers yeah. did here. They lined up and they ran the fuck over the Packers, and that's what happened to them uh, when they got beat by um, by the Eagles. They had a ton of rushing yards. And so what we've seen here is a blueprint about how to beat the Packers, and that is worrisome if you're talking about January games. So uh, we'll see if the yeah, Packers I... can write the ship on defense, but they're going to have to um, if they're going to win because they, they can't. They're not going to win games, I don't think, 45-42. Um, they need something out of this defense. Yeah, the the defense really hasn't looked good since probably week two or three. Um, they really have given up a lot of points uh, the last four, five, six weeks. So, um, yeah, I... I, I think that their their recipe to success is continuing to to rely on the ground game and uh, you know keep keep things close for Rodgers, um, but uh, yeah, it, it just this is just kind of a weird week uh, in general for a lot of teams. But with the, this one, I think this was just a matter of any any time. I think it's been proven throughout the entire career of Rodgers. Anytime you're able to get pressure on him and hit him, it's going to frustrate him, and, and you have a much better chance of winning uh, because he does not respond well to being hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Sunday night game, which was a good one. And uh, I'll go ahead and say it a statement game for the Baltimore Ravens. They beat the Patriots, hand them their first loss of the season. The final was 37 to 20. And when I say the Ravens beat the Patriots, they beat them, man. They were the better team last night. Or not last night, a couple nights ago for us, five nights ago for you guys. Um, Lamar Jackson was a stud here 17 of 23, 163 yards and a touchdown. And then he added 61 yards and two scores on the ground. He was kryptonite for this. Um, this New England defense. They couldn't get him off the field. Mark Ingram had a huge game, 115 yards. And, you know, they took it to the Patriots here. Uh, Brady had 285 and a score, but he also had a pick. Uh, they didn't get a whole lot on the ground. James White was a lead rusher with 38 yards. Um, I, I think, Seth, my, my interpretation of this game is great for the Ravens. This is a big deal for that team to come in and to win convincingly. Um, they were coming off a bye here, so they were well prepared. They were healthy. Uh, they get the win over, you know, what a lot of people perceive still as the top team in the league. Um, 
a confidence booster, and I think something they'll ride for the next few weeks. So a great game. You could call it a statement game for the Ravens. But on the other side of things, if I'm the Patriots, I'm not worried about this game. Uh, they're going to get to play the Ravens again probably in the playoffs. Um, and you never really know with the Patriots. Uh, I've heard a lot of speculation that, oh, they didn't really open up the defensive playbook like they will later. You know, they they kept some of their cards under the table. Um, this is a team that's kind of beat up. They've been shuffling around a lot on offense. Um, and so a lot of people are, like, dropping New England way down in their power rankings and saying, oh, they're not nearly as good as we thought, or they finally lost to a real team and stuff. This is still one of the best couple teams in the league for me, the Patriots, that is. Um, so I think the Patriots are still the fucking Patriots, but this Ravens team, we're going to have to really take seriously from here on out, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I, I think the last few weeks, especially Lamar Jackson has, has settled into what he's going to be, I think. And that's a, a playmaker, especially with his feet. Um, he's going to extend plays. He's going to create plays on his own, um, whether it is designed or not. Um, but he's, he is, uh, he, he's able, because he's so good with his feet, uh, he's able to create a lot of um, crazy plays uh, with his arm too. I mean, he's still not the most accurate quarterback you're going to find, um, but he's he's got receivers who are going to be able to go up and get it. He's got a cannon for an arm, so he can chuck it deep. But he's able to in just some of these crazy plays where he's getting hit as he's going down and stuff like. Or he's he's throwing the ball as he's going down. Um, he he's able to create some some really crazy plays, and so. That's been the encourage, encouraging sign this year because that's really the aspect of the game I didn't think he had at all. They just really last year they were just kind of getting him ready and and uh, you know kind of getting him familiar. Now they're opening up some th- plays for him and they're really letting him throw the ball more. So it's good to see that he's able to do it and and uh, really you know the, the offense is is a lot better for it. Um, in terms of you know the running game, they they got a lot of good players on the on the ground. Uh, Ingram you mentioned had a good game. Gus Edwards also had a good game. Um, so overall, I mean, they, they got a lot of talent um, overall on, 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 on the offense. Defensively, they're playing super well. I mean, getting Marcus Peters was huge for them. Um, they were able to get an interception on Brady as well. So uh, good, good, good showing for their defense, too. With the Patriots, like you said, I'm not worried about them at all. I, you know, I think that they're, they're – I still think they're the best team in the NFL all around. Um, you know, that's a tough, tough place, a sun, you know, Sunday night game. Uh, in Baltimore, it's a really tough environment. Uh, like you said, coming off a bye too. Uh, I think I think the Patriots, you know, they they have these. They have these two or three losses a year, where you know they they kind of just let it go by. They don't, you know, it's, watching the highlights of this one, it didn't even seem like they were really trying that hard. <laughs> you know, towards mm-hmm. the end, it was just just kind of one of those like, you know what, they got it. They played a better game. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna regroup and make sure we're still the top seed, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, we're not, like you said, not showing our best stuff until the end. So uh, I think that, you know, once February rolls around, I think we'll still be seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still on that train, too. We're going to learn a lot about that team over the next month. Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs coming up. So uh, this is the meat of their schedule that they're just going into here. Let's go to our final game of the week, Monday Night Football. And Dallas uh, took care of business against the New York Giants. Uh, early on, Dallas looked ugly in this game. It took them a while to get going. But uh, they closed strong with a 21-point fourth quarter. Uh, Dak Prescott had three scores and 250 yards. Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, 139 yards, um, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> uh, was one yard short of winning Seth a fantasy football matchup. Which, uh, <laughs> that was quite the bummer. But um, Amari Cooper gets 80 yards, and he gets into the end zone here. Um, 
another one of those games, you know, Cowboys took care of business. This was a road game in prime time at the Giants division rival. Um, you know, could have been a trap game, but they came in and handled their business here. Uh, so good win for them to get to five and three. Um, on the Giants side of things, uh, Saquon Barkley looks healthy. I think that was the biggest thing. He had a couple really good plays in the passing game, and um, he seems fully back up to speed. But they've got some stuff to figure out. They fall to two and seven. Um, but just one of those one of those good victories. You win the games you're supposed to, and that's what the Cowboys did here. Yep. I mean, it's it's kind of you know what what the Cowboys have done for most of the season, other than a couple couple down games here and there but uh you know they, they did what they needed to do Zeke uh, had 100 yards again over 100 yards again uh Cooper played well Dak played well defense played well uh the Giants just I mean they're they're still far ways off um they you know Jones has looked good overall I mean he had he had a couple bad throws in this game but overall I think you know they fought to the end with this one um I think the the Cowboys had a defensive touchdown uh, or the Defensive or special teams uh, touchdown late in the game too, so the the points were a little off in it. But um, you know, just over, overall, I think that there there is still enough promise for the Giants in the in, in the coming years. I still think they're just a few years off though uh, before they're really going to start making an impact on on the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some things to be excited about, but um, not a threat this season for sure. So that that's that's the end of this week here. So that was week nine in the league and uh, a lot of good games, a lot of interesting games and we're officially over halfway uh, through the NFL season. So it's only going to get better from here. Uh, that's it though, for this week's recaps. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? We're going to keep things rolling and uh, we're going to talk pigskin pick them in a second. We're going to look forward to week 10. If you want to pick alongside Seth and Coco rabbit, uh, hit the link in the <laughs> description box to join our pigskin pick them. Uh, and if you win, if you beat us in any given week, um, you can leave us a voice message and we will play your shit talk or whatever point you want to make uh, on next week's episode of the show. So uh, go ahead and join in the picks. I have been on a fucking tear this season and have won most of the games. Uh, I did win, of course, again in week nine, and I plan to do so again in week 10. Uh, so let's take a look at, uh, at this week's picks, and we're going to start with the game that already happened. Uh, let's go back in time to pick the Thursday night football game. <laughs> All right, uh, great looking Thursday night game. I'm sure it was a good one. We have two of Coe's teams. It's the Oakland Raiders hosting the LA Chargers. Oakland is a point and a half favorite here. Uh, and for me, Seth, this is like picking my favorite son. Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> so what I ended up going with uh, was I have the home team getting points. Uh, it's only a point and a half, but I'm going to go ahead and take Oakland plus the points in what I think will be a very, very good game. Yeah, I, I went with that too. I, I, you know, we've I think that you know the Chargers obviously had a good win, but the Raiders have the momentum going right now. They they've uh, scored like tw- at least 24 points in the last five games now, uh, so they're scoring at, at a high rate. Um, and I think the the Chargers, you know, they're just such an up and down team this year. So yeah, give me give me the Raiders on this one. I like a lot of points in that one, too. Um, I think it's going to be very entertaining. I definitely intend on watching a lot of that game. Um, Sunday morning starts, or morning for me, uh, Sunday afternoon for folks in Central and Eastern time zones, uh, starts with the New Orleans Saints. They're 12.5-point favorites over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Saints coming off a good win uh, with the return of Drew Brees, and uh, I'm going to take them to cover uh, the 12 and a half point spread saints by two touchdowns. I suspect it will be more. This is a dreadful Atlanta offense, uh, and defense. So, uh, I think this is going to be, uh, 
an embarrassing game for Atlanta fans. <laughs> um, well, their offense has been good. Uh, they put up points, but and yards. But uh, yes, I agree with you. I think that the that the Saints will cover that twelve and a half coming off a bye. Uh, again, got some Drew, Drew Brees uh, warm up action in the week before. Uh, I think that they're going to have this game in hand um, from the beginning, and I, I think that this is going to be a, a Saints victory by at least twelve and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're waiting to see if Matt Ryan will play in this game. The thing I'm reading is he that was, he's likely to return. Yeah. So um, we'll he, see. Without Matt Ryan, this is I would pick I would pick the Saints minus thirty, um, <laughs> but I, I think even with him, uh, they get walked. Yeah, here. I agree with you. I think uh, Matt Ryan is close to playing in the last game, so I, I think he'll be back for this one. But uh, yeah, I still think, like you said, it, I think the Saints win. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to our next game. This is going to be hosted by Loser. the Cleveland Browns. They are uh, two and a half point favorites somehow yeah. over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I love this line. I'm going to take Buffalo and the points. I think they're a better team and I'm getting points. Uh, Cleveland is at home here, but they've exhibited a lot of loser behavior lately. So uh, I'm going to take the Bills in a game that I think isn't a blowout by any means, but um, you know maybe like a 17-14 game. I like the Bills to win this one, but especially if I'm getting two and a half, I'm taking them. Yeah, I think that's just kind of a, that was kind of a weird, weird line. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I like the Bills getting points on this one. I think they're a better team. Yep. Uh, let's go to Chicago. Another one of my teams. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna hear a lot of that. Uh, they will host the Detroit Lions, and again, the Bears are favored by two and a half points here. I think that Detroit. Um, Detroit doesn't do a lot for me on defense, but this is a dreadful Bears offense. So I think that Detroit is going to be able to do enough on offense uh, to put up some points. This is maybe like a 20 to 13 game for me in favor of the Lions. Um, I think it's a better team all around, and I'm getting two and a half, so I'm taking them here. Give me Detroit. Agree with you on that one as well. Wacky lines this week. Uh, Lock them Mm -hmm. in early, folks. Uh, here's a line that makes sense. The Bengals are hosting the Baltimore Ravens and, uh, the line here is nine and a half. Give me the Ravens to cover you know, this is a team you think, Oh, they're going to run up the score or whatever. And when you're up, you run the ball to run the clock out. The problem is that the Ravens run the ball so well, they just keep fucking scoring. So (laughs) I think they're going to run way out in front of this one. 10 points even seems like a light spread to me. Uh, so I'll take Ravens, eat your points. Yeah, I'm going with you on that too. Plus, this will be the debut of, uh, I believe it's Ryan Finley as the new quarterback for the Bengals. Um, I know they're coming off a bye and he's had time to prepare, blah, blah, blah. But uh, the Ravens are surging right now. Uh, We don't know how this rookie's going to be. So yeah, I'm I'm going to take the Ravens on this one. Yep. Uh, Here comes a pick that I actually just had to change. Uh, We have the Titans, and they're at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I will say, I was going to take the Titans plus three and a half. But it does sound like Mahomes is going to play in this game. Uh, so my pick is contingent on Mahomes. Uh, with Mahomes in the lineup, though, give me the Chiefs to cover. Uh, but if it ends up being Matt Moore for some reason, I'm going to switch over and take the Titans here on a little <laughs> bit of a flyer. Um, but as things stand today, I'm expecting Mahomes to play. Give me the Chiefs. I agree. I, I think even with, with Matt Moore in there, um, I think that I still take the Chiefs. So, yeah, give me the Chiefs on that one. Titans, uh, maybe another te- maybe another one of Coe's teams. That might be why I like them. Um Let's Definitely. go to. You have, a, you have a boner for the Titans. <laughs> I do. I don't know what it is. It's probably it's probably because the word tits in there. It could be. It could be that. Um, yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
let's go to New York, um, where again, the Jets are hosting the New York Giants. Um, the spread here is two and a half points. Um, that is the Jets plus two and a half. Uh, I think the Giants cover. I, I think the Giants win this one comfortably, honestly. I think they're a better team than their 2-7 and seven record, and I think the mm-hmm. Jets are somehow a worse team than their 1-7 and seven record. So I like <laughs> the Giants to win comfortably here. Yeah, I, I thought this was a weird line, too. I thought this would be. I thought the Jets would be getting more points in this one just after how they've come out and played the last few weeks. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think the Giants only 2.5 points for that spread. Give me that. I'm, I'm going with the Giants. Hell, yeah. And te- technically, it's a home game for the Giants, too. So yeah. that, that's... <laughs> doesn't matter they're just wearing different color jerseys based off of who's the home team so yeah, that's a good point i like the giants here uh let's go to this is a game i you bet your ass i'll be watching on tv tampa bay buccaneers host the arizona cardinals another couple of coast teams dude there are gonna be so many fucking points scored in this game neither one i of know these... but it's like it's a completely meaningless game and you're Don't like fuck care. yeah i'm so excited i am so stoked to watch this dude because there's going to be a million points of this game i'm betting the over i'll tell you right now before we even get to Seth's bets um tampa bay is favored by four and a half points i'm gonna take them to win here by a touchdown so i think tampa bay covers at home uh but this is a game i expect to be very good uh i'm getting uh i'm, I'm taking the four and a half points for the cardinals here a um, little bit long of a week for them to prepare after playing on Thursday last week. Um, they've looked good, and and they, you know, they kept the game within within three against the Niners, who is you know again one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Cardinals in this one. I wouldn't be surprised if they won. Man, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> um, let's see. We go to Indianapolis. Uh, the Colts are hosting the Dolphins here. And the Colts are favored by 10.5 points. Now, again, my pick is going to be contingent on what we hear for the starting quarterback. Um, If Brissett becomes the starter, and it it looks like indicators are that he will be the starter, you know what? I'm changing my logic here. I I don't care which it is. I'm going to take the points here for Miami. You get a little bit of momentum Mm -hmm. here coming off the win. This Colts team, even in their wins, has not been blowing teams out. So this 10.5 seems like too wide of a spread, even with a returning uh, Jacoby Brissett. But if uh, Hoyer is the starter here, then I'm all over uh, Miami plus 10.5 here. Yep, no, your your lot, your thoughts are correct. Um, the Colts have not, uh, all the Colts games this, this season have been with a one-score game. Um, I think that that does not change this week. Um, the, the Colts have just not have been a, have not been a team to blow anybody out. They just have not, they've, they, all their games have been close and they, you know, they, they, they've played well in all their games, but they just, you know, they, they haven't taken that next step to like beat up on teams. So yeah. And, and the dolphins have played well, like Fitz Fitzpatrick has played very, very well uh, in, in all these games. So I think this is going to be a close game. And I think that uh, the, the, the Colts win, but by um, less than 10 and a half points. Mm-hmm. You're a smart man this week, Seth. A lot of agreement with me. <laughs> um, let's see here. Here's another game I'm very excited to watch. I'll have this one on TV as well. Uh, in Lambeau, we'll have Green Bay and the Panthers. Uh, the Packers here are favored by five and a half, which is about the limits to which I can take this. If it were if it were a six and a half or seven and a half point spread, I would have to go with the Panthers. But I think that the Packers get back on track here. They're back at home. They learned their lesson last week. Last week, I say they win this one by a touchdown. Um, but um, give me give me Green Bay to cover the five and a half point spread. Um, 
We're going to have to disagree on this one. Mm. Uh, I, I've liked the Panthers all year. Like I think the Panthers might be one of Seth's teams uh, if we're doing uh, the so the Coast teams, uh, the So's teams. Uh, <laughs> might might be the might be the Panthers. I've really liked what I've seen out of them this year, minus that one hiccup um, against uh, against the the Niners. So uh, I think this is a I think this is a close game no matter what. I think this is uh, at at best a three point game. Um, and again, I wouldn't be totally surprised if the Panthers won. Uh, they just play the style of football that, that I think. Um, is going to be able to keep the game close for them, and and um, you know we've seen seen Green Bay, uh, and especially too with the the way the pan the Panthers are hitting people a lot this year mm-hmm. on defense. They're getting a lot of sacks, and you know I just talked about before Rodgers when he's getting hit, he is he is not he, he's not the best quarterback, and he gets very frustrated. So um, I think I think the Panthers play very well. If they don't win, I think it's it's going to be at least a three point game. Should be a really good one to watch. It's in that late. They pushed it to the later game. Uh, Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are going to get to watch this one on TV. Uh, Let's go to the last of the afternoon games. My Rams are headed to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Rams coming off the bag. Rams coming off a bye here. They are three and a half point favorites. um, But I love McVay with two weeks to prepare for, albeit a very good Pittsburgh defense that I think is going to give the Rams a little bit of trouble. But um, this Rams defense has been improving. They've been moving some pieces around and getting healthy. And I think they're really going to stymie the Pittsburgh offense. So I think the Rams are going to win this one comfortably um, on the road. They are undefeated uh, against the AFC in the regular season under Sean McVay. They also have a really great record. They're like 10-3 and or some shit uh, in East Coast time zones under McVay. So uh, I really like this game, especially with the Rams off the bye. So give me them to cover the three and a half. Yeah, I don't know about all those random weird stats, but uh, I agree. I like the Rams. <laughs> Sunday night football. Carrie Underwood will sing us in to Dallas, where <sighs> the Cowboys are hosting your Vikes, Seth. Cowboys are favored by two and a half points. And I'll, often I pick uh, I often pick the Vikings because I'm more of a believer in the Vikes than you are. You, you tend to <clears> pick <throat> against them. This is a week, though. Dallas is at home. They're coming off a convincing win. They've got a little bit of momentum going. The defense played well. They got a lot of the offense this last week. I think they're getting back into the early season groove that we saw them before that Jets loss. Uh, I think Dallas wins this one by a field goal or more, uh, so I take the Cowboys at home. Yeah, I agree. Plus, uh, one of the worst quarterbacks in the in just in terms of stats in the uh, in the history of the NFL uh, is Kirk Cousins uh, on Sunday and Monday nights uh, and Thursday nights. But he won his last primetime Thursday, you know, his primetime game on Thursday, but that was against the Redskins. <laughs> I do not think this one is going to be um, a, a win for, for Kirk Cousins, unfortunately, just with uh, the circumstances of, of it being uh, a primetime game in Dallas. It's going to be tough. So, yeah, I have the Cowboys as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this game, I, I talked a lot, a lot about the Cowboys, but this is a great matchup. I think both of these teams... Um, I would, I would love to watch these teams play like five games because uh, I think they match up really well with one another. But yeah, I think the the edge that the Cowboys have by playing at home and historically what we've seen, to your point about Kirk Cousins in primetime, uh, gives the edge. I don't think this is a, a convincing win by the Cowboys, but I think it's a three, four, or five-point game. I think it'll be a really good one. I'm excited to watch. We've got another one of those on Monday Night Football. Uh, finally a good matchup on Monday night. The San Francisco <laughs> 49ers, the last undefeated team in the league, they will host the Seattle Seahawks. The spread here is six and a half points. And call me too much of a Russell Wilson fanboy, Seth, but I, I think he's going to keep this one close. I don't know if Seattle wins this one, but if I'm getting six and a half and I have Russell Wilson, uh, I'm going to have to take him. 
And maybe it's wishful thinking because I would really like a Niners loss because uh, it would help the Rams out. But I'm taking Seattle <laughs> plus uh, plus six and a half. I have to agree with you, man. I, I, I like I like Russell Wilson to keep this close. Uh, you know, like you said, I don't know if they win or not, but I think this is going to be a close game. I think this is going to be a, a higher scoring game. I can see both teams scoring in the twenties, and uh, I th- you know I think if if the the score is that high for both those teams, I really like that to be a closer game um, than than six and a half points. I think that's just too many points. Um, especially after the the Niners are coming off with only a three-point win against the Cardinals. So, mm-hmm. uh yeah, give me give me the give me the Seahawks here. I, I like uh like them to keep it close. Love it. Another one I can't wait to watch. Uh that is your slate 13 games uh in week number 10 and those are our picks. Again, hit the pigskin pick them if you want to pick against Seth and I. Um but uh that's what's coming down the pipe this weekend. It's coming right for us. Let's uh, let's roll on. So that's Pigskin Pick'em. We don't have any money riding on that. But if you want to make some dough, you're going to want to listen to Seth's bets for the week. Here comes the money. Here we go. <laughs> Here comes the money. That's for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. I like that one. Um, so you probably don't want to listen to me, though. I had a really bad week last week. Um, like I said, the only one I got correct was the, uh, the over-under for the, the Detroit and Oakland game of 50, 50 and a half points. So, uh, which is the one I felt least confident about, but, um, going into this week, you, you, you did mention, mention a few times the over-under on the, the Bucks and Cardinals. I personally wouldn't bet it. Um, it's 52 and a half, at least for the Iowa books, which is a lot. Um, I, uh, I, you know, by all means, I do think that they could score more than that. But that's just a real, that's the highest over under of the week by far. And it's really tough betting uh, the highest over under for the over on the highest over under for the week. So for me, it's just a little too rich for my blood, but I wouldn't be mad if you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some bets I like this week, though. We already talked about with uh, the Miami and Indianapolis game. Uh, Indianapolis has had one score games every single game this season. Uh, they're getting an extra point in the Iowa books of plus 11 for this one. So, uh, I'm going with, or I guess extra half point, I think, but, um, yeah, I'm going to go with, with Miami on that one. I like that one a lot. The giants and the jets, we already talked about how I, I really, um, I, I really don't think that's a, a, a great line and is actually a minus, uh, minus half, uh, point compared to the, the bet we talked about. So it's minus two and a half for the, for the giants. They only went only have to win by two and a half. So I like that one a lot. Um, Detroit versus Chicago, D- Detroit's getting two and a half for the Iowa books. I, re- I, I just think Detroit is going to win and, uh, you know, if not keep it really close. So, uh, I like that. Um, the, uh, you mentioned the over under on, uh, you mentioned betting the over on the, uh, chargers and, and Raiders game. Uh, it's 48. I actually agree with that as well. I, I like that as, as, uh, being over 48 points. And then the last one I like here, Atlanta versus New Orleans, the over under is 51 and a half points. I just think with how good the saints defense has played, um, and how underperforming the, the, the uh, Falcons' de- offense has been against really good defenses. Um, I know they've had, scored like ten or nine points a couple times this season. Um, you know, I, I think that this one is just, you know, again coming off the bye in New Orleans with Drew Brees back. I think that this is going to be um, a, a a dominant game by the by the Saints, but I could see this being like a you know thirty one ten game. So I like the under for fifty one and a half there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems high. I don't like Falcons to score. I agree with you on that one, uh, and really all of these. Um, Sound like some good picks. I'm in. I'm in the money now. I don't know if we talked about this on area. I'm in the money now too. Uh, here in Oregon, we can finally make bets. Uh, I was wrong on all my bets this last weekend, so I'm not even going <laughs> to submit for the segment um, until I at least win one bet, and then I'll, I'll maybe maybe talk about some. But uh, 
But uh, Seth's looking for a week to get back on track uh, with his picks of the week. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. That song gets me so <laughs> fucking jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a hard time not putting the entire song in. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do? All right. So we recapped. Uh, we previewed. We know how to make you those fat dollar dollar bills on Seth's picks. Uh, we're almost to the end of the show. But before we go, we're going to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. And Seth, we're gonna re, uh, we're gonna join forces. That is on one more thing this week, uh, and and share it. Uh, we are midway through the season officially, uh, just over halfway. Every team has played at least eight games now, and uh, you know, ordinarily you'd have learned a lot, um, but this this last weekend uh, threw a lot of wrenches and a lot of people's expectations. I think, but um, what we do know is who has played well and who hasn't in the first half. And so I want to give out a couple, just two, uh, mid-season awards. And uh, I want to start with something that no one will be surprised. Uh, my MVP for the midway point of the season is Russell Wilson. Um, he's putting up mm-hmm. stupid numbers. He's got only one pick. And uh, passer rating is through the roof. He's got a shitload of touchdowns. And like we talked about, when we talk about most valuable, it's not always the best stats, but what, how good is his team with this player and without this player? And... Mahomes is up there, but we've seen that team win two games without him. And when Wilson, as you put it, is anything but great, they don't win. So I think the most valuable player, and I think that you could see this play out over the course of the season as a whole too, but certainly to the halfway point, it's Russell Wilson for me. Yeah, that was going to be my pick too. Um, You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about Russell Wilson uh, this season, but it's deserved. He's played extremely well, best football of his career. Uh, just seeing the progression of him as a quarterback has been really cool, too, because, you know, he came in his first two, three years, he really didn't make a lot of throws. They ran the ball a lot, and he uh, was was more, I know the term is, you know, kind of overused now, but he really kind of was a game manager for a while. And then he, you know, as, as the team kind of started losing some pieces and that defense started breaking down a little bit, um, you know, they didn't have as strong of a running game. He really had to take over, and he's become just some of the throws he makes at this effortlessly they just drop right into to you know the uh you know like look at Lockett um right into his lap almost every time it's it's insane you know some of those throws he's making he's not a huge guy you know he's five foot what 10 11 something like that he's not big quarterback um he's not even doing a ton on his with his legs anymore it's more of his more with his arm and it's you know it's really cool to see so uh you know he's just a good dude it seems like and you know helping out a lot of people and all that so um good to see him play well and and uh you know like we've talked about he is the seahawks so uh without him they they would be bad so um you know it's it, he's i think he's the clear-cut mvp right now yep i agree i think a lot of other folks would too and uh seth i go i go first so much on this show why don't you go first on this next one uh the second award we're going to give out is for coach of the year at the midway point so who would your pick be I think it's hard not to say Kyle Shanahan with uh, with with the Niners. Um, just a complete turnaround with that team, and uh, the, especially just seeing what, what what they've been able to do, you know, with with the running game. He's 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 implementing exactly what he's wanted to do, and that's run the ball and run it a lot. Uh, he's talked about it for a couple of years now. Even is that he really wants to focus on the running game, and he's he's done that. Plus, the defense is playing so well because the offense is running so efficiently. Um, he's got a, a solid quarterback in there with Jimmy Grapple. He's just put together a really interesting team that, you know, there's talent there, but there's just not anyone that leaps out at you. But, 
you know, they just played really, really solid football and, and executed exactly the game plan that they wanted every single week, and it's paid off. So I, I think I think it's hard not to say Kyle Shanahan right now. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you, and you're right. It's hard It's hard not to. Um, and at 8-0, no, of course, you know, you, you, the best team in the league typically has the best coach. But I'm going to go to a 7-1 and one team and uh, Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints here. And uh, certainly no disrespect for what Shanahan has done. He's done a fantastic job. But I think when I look at New Orleans, uh, this is a team coming off, you know, two straight seasons of just crushing postseason finishes. And then in week two, your star quarterback, who never is hurt, goes down. You have to replace Drew Brees with Teddy Bridgewater, and they've won six straight games now since then. Uh, I think that is what uh, – that's bonus points for me, uh, for Sean Payton, who at 7-1, and one, you know uh, – and the one game they lost is the one where Breeze left early and they lost to the Rams there. So um, I think this is a Saints team that is is one of very few teams uh, that could beat this Niners team when it comes to playoff time. And, and Peyton, mm-hmm. Peyton and his, the, the way he has kept them still on a high level, even with you know going from Breeze to Bridgewater at quarterback, says a lot about Teddy Bridgewater. I think it says more about uh, Sean Peyton. And so he would be my pick, but... You know, I think the the majority are going to agree with you, and and I think it's totally reasonable to go with Shanahan. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, what, what Sean Payton has done has been very impressive, and yeah, with 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 the injuries and things like that, I just think uh, you know he he's just done this so often mm-hmm. that that I think that it's not surprising. <laughs> yep. And so uh, you know, when it comes to you know, at, at the end of the year when they're actually giving out these awards, they, they tend to give them to, you know, some of the newer guys before they do, you know, mm-hmm. like Sean Payton will be a, a candidate. But I think if Kyle Shanahan continues, like if they, if the Niners end up like 13 and three or something like that, I think he gets it no matter what mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan. I agree. Yeah. It's the same reason. When was the last time Belichick won coach of the year? <laughs> you know, right. he's very exactly. obviously the best coach in football, but he does. It's like LeBron winning the MVP. It just, they're sick of it, yep. so it doesn't happen. Uh, I'll throw one more honorable mention out at you uh, that I, I feel if the second if this team has a good second half, I could see him really entering this race. But not a lot of people are talking um, about uh, John Harbaugh and the Ravens mm. and what they've done schematically around Lamar Jackson and the way they've made him into such a force. I think is commendable. Uh, this is a team that that hasn't been accused of of having a ton of talent. Um, you know, their top running back is Mark Ingram, who's played on however many teams um, and is, is aging, but he's gotten a lot out of him, a lot out of Lamar Jackson, who a lot of people saw as limited. So I think if, if I have a, an honorable mention or a third place, um, Harbaugh is the guy that I would be giving out to. Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, Sean McVay, though, uh, still the best. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So uh, this is one, guys, we want you to weigh in on. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at SoCo Show Pod uh, or leave us a voice message on Anchor. We'd be happy to listen to that, maybe play it on next week's episode. Who are your uh, midseason MVP candidates and your midseason coach of the year candidates? Uh, still a lot of football left to be played, though, uh, but those are our picks, and that's how we did one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That'll bring us to the end of the show for this week. Um, Again, hit us up. Hit the link in the description to get into Pigskin Pick'em if you want to join us and compete against uh, Coco Rabbit and Seth. And um, uh, continue to uh, to subscribe and follow uh, wherever it is you listen so that you get new episodes of this show every Friday and the main show every Thursday. 
And uh, yeah, check out Anchor for to leave us voice messages and to become a contributor if you like. Uh, if you're not a contributor, just keep listening. Uh, that's going to help out the show as well. And uh, share with a friend. Help us grow the audience. Check out all of our sponsors there in the description box as well. And uh, if you're betting money, uh, good luck this week. I think it's a good week for Seth's picks. So hopefully a lot of people are getting ducats. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week to recap week 10 and talk week 11. But until then... He is Seth Ott. I am Coco Rabbit, and we will see you next week. Bye. Sports. And boom goes the dynamite.